another week, and you're here at uh, WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. One of your co-hosts, Greg Sims. We actually have the other co-host on today, finally. He was uh, he came back from uh, Oxford, Mississippi, <laughs> watching uh, uh, other councilman Jeremy Revis' uh, son play for Old Miss. No, wait a second. That wasn't you. That was me. <laughs> Traveling the world, Mr. Chairman. Absolutely. See, you should be doing it too. Um, but, anyways, uh, our show today is sponsored by the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, Checkwick Lodge number 56 in good old Valparaiso, Indiana. And uh, we are, we have a guest extraordinaire today, and at Mary Svelbar. Did I say it correctly? Well pronounced, yes. Woo! <laughs> I guess I got lucky. I'm never going to do it again. I'm just, just warning everybody. I'm going to screw it up again. but Or uh, screw it up. But anyways, um, Mary is from the Valpo area. Well, your, your son plays baseball with the Valpo Baseball Varsity. Yeah, the high school team. And he is a... He's a senior. And his position is? He's a center fielder. Oh, cool. Okay. He was a catcher, but this year he's playing center, and he's headed to Wabash next year. Oh, cool. Okay. Playing well, baseball. He must be fast. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're surrounded by baseball, and uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, but Mary is uh, Mary. She's got many hats. Yeah. Although right now she's just wearing headphones. For sure. <laughs> I do. I do a lot of things, but I think you know we came in today to talk about Marine House. Oh, that Marine House. That's the one on Lincoln Way in Valparaiso. Most people don't know where it is, but it's right in the center of things. Okay. That was me. Sorry, seatbelt alarm. <laughs> well, you know, it, you should be practicing safe driving, you know, for all those <laughs> listeners out there that uh, that don't have their seatbelt on. Put it on, especially it's since on. we're moving into uh, prom season. So we want to be safe out there. You come up with the weirdest stuff. I love it. <laughs> I didn't know prom was a season. Yeah, right? Yeah, the schools have prom at the same time-ish. Wouldn't that be a season? I guess so. Tuxedos for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Mary is here represent. You are the chairman of the board. I'm, a chairman is not not the word. I uh, I serve on the board. I okay. do take all the notation, which is kind of challenging when you've got a big group of people talking. Um, but I'm the secretary of the board, and I've been serving for Marine House for about six years. Okay. So what exactly, besides people not knowing what Moraine House, where it's located, what exactly does Moraine House do for our community? Great question. Um, well, it's it's considered a halfway house. So halfway from where to where, uh, who really knows? But it's a, attempting to serve a population that needs to rehabilitate and re-enter the world the way that you and I kind of live. So a lot of people have become addicted to drugs or alcohol, um, maybe a challenging home life, and they've been incarcerated, or we take those that haven't. We've been serving all of the surrounding counties, too, and we house these men at Marine House. We have a director that watches their project process, uh, mm -hmm. takes them in, does a big intake, um, talks to them about where they've been at, uh, where they're at in the recovery, and where they want to go. Uh, we help them keep employment. Um, we help them uh, connect to different resources in the community. They attend five AA or NA meetings a week. NA, um, that would be Narcotics Anonymous? Correct. And then Alcohol Anonymous? Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, we offer them services like financial literacy, uh, counseling services, and then we even have a progress review committee that meets with them every other week, which is a bunch of volunteers from the board that meets with two clients um, for about 15 to 30 minutes and discusses all of their progress and where they're at mm -hmm. right now, where they want to go, and helps them to establish in 180 days, we hope to have them rehabilitated in, in a home of their own. Okay, so, 100, so the longest a person can be there is 180 days? That's the shortest. Oh, okay. So we can keep them a little bit longer mm -hmm. if needed. Um, but that's, you know, negotiated with, uh, with our director as we kind of look at each resident. Mm -hmm. 
themselves. Now you mentioned a man. Is it only for men? It, so is it, is it a men is halfway house? It is only men. Yes, it is only men. Okay. There's Alice's house as the other halfway house in Valparaiso. That is for women. Okay. Huh. And then where does Moraine House women. come from? Where, Where does, does the, the name? name yeah, everyone yeah. asks us that all the time, <laughs> and it's actually uh, has something to do with a a, a, a natural oh, force. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm no, okay. nowhere near. Okay. It has something to do with a, a something in nature, but everyone asks us about Moraine. I mean, this this home, home existed since the '70s, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. who named it Moraine House. Mr. Uh, Moraine. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't have a good answer to that. There is um, a picture when you enter Moraine House on the wall, and everyone asks, "Is that Moraine?" It's a female on the wall. Yeah, but it's not. The, the actual definition is a mass of rocks and sediment carried down and deposited by a glacier. Oh, when I went to college up in Wisconsin, we had Moraine was was yeah a topographical kind of geography. Think so, but I didn't know that. So I, th- I mean, I, I would take that. I would interpret that to just be like you know something, you know, kind of catastrophic. Kind of took you <laughs> down. I guess. I don't know where I wrote <laughs> you. We don't know. We've all been kind of working on that one for a while. We're not really sure why it's named Moraine, but you know, it's possible that uh, you know we've got a uh, a director of the Porter County uh, Museum. So it's possible his name is Kevin Pazer. He is the CEO, well, the CEO, the chairman. I don't know what we're going to call him, Andy. Um, Museum director, I believe, or something like that. Executive director. He might actually be able to research and find the reason why it was named. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what he does. He does a really good job in in the county with with stuff. So this might be something that. uh, Yeah, he's really good at gathering info like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then put a little plaque on the wall so that people know this, this is, is actually why it's called, why it's called Marine House. <laughs> yeah. Every time we get asked that question and don't really know. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. or you could change the name. One of the two. <laughs> well, d- does somebody have a, a name in mind that they would like uh, th- this house uh, uh, named yeah. after? Yeah, Greg Zip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Keep it. Keep it. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought maybe someday I can have some Christmas lights at my house and then uh, kind of, I don't know, call it a, a something or other. Have people come by, watch the lights, and maybe donate to a charity of their choice or something. You know, I don't know if anyone you does better not be, You better not be creating a competing house with me. <laughs> Mary is looking at me like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she might well, be the only one in the community that doesn't know. What you might not know is that I um, actually lived in a house that won the Christmas light contest three years in a row. Wow. No. Yeah, we had to retire. We weren't allowed to compete anymore because <laughs> it was too fabulous. Oh joking. man, you're gonna have to share pictures. It was a. It's in Brown County. We were on a big hill, and we had 46 candy cane trees, like just decorating the entire forest. And then the house oh, was beautiful. decorated like a gingerbread house, a three-story house. It was gorgeous. Oh wow. my goodness! Six-foot six wreath. I mean, the whole. You still have all those decorations? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> the wreath, yes. Okay. Sorry, Andy. I was hoping to uh, start that with your uh, your new project to be the. Oh, it's not mine. It's it's Andy. He does it for the uh, caring place. Oh. Caring? Yeah. Is that right? Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. The, the caring place. It, all my lights are programmed to music. The uh, computer controlled, so it's a, it's a light show where they flash and stuff. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's up in Burns Harbor. Do you have or like Doom, a, a radio in... station attached to it? Yeah. Oh yes, yes. We got the radio. Yeah, it's it broadcast throughout the neighborhood. So, and then the kids do commercials between the song, where they kind of remind you to donate to the uh, caring place and where the donation boxes and stuff. You have to come check it out. We're on Facebook too. If you're on, you can check it. Check I us love out there. Get an idea. Count me in. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just I, I got to see your pictures of your place. <laughs> Just know, Andy, no matter how much you do, it's not going to be as good as Mary's, I'm just saying. <laughs> it doesn't, I agree. It sounds like it won't be. <laughs> Especially since I'm looking across from her and she, you know, she's, she's got that situation going. I want to get stabbed in the eye with a pencil. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so how we got from there, to, from the Marine House, I have no idea. But, um, you know, we never know what's going on. So back to the Marine House. How many um, 
How many people are there now getting helped? Getting treatment? Yeah. Um, We've had 14 residents in the house up until recently. We will be down to 13 residents in the house to apply for Recovery Works, which are you familiar with Recovery Works? Recovery Works is a government program that um, they will help pay for uh, rent for our residents. But we just, we lost access to Recovery Works about 10 months ago because turns out there was some fraudulent activity which you know has now added constraints to apply to make sure that we are a house following certain rules and criteria and now they don't care for one of our bedrooms is too small to house oh so that's that's what it is it's got nothing to do with someone did paperwork wrong or something it was just the constraints of the actual house itself is no, no, no. There were uh, there were fraudulent activity within the state prior oh, to you okay. know now having to navigate a very rigorous process to mm-hmm. apply for this funding, and we're yeah, still they, we're still waiting to hear back if we will get that funding. Oh wow, wow! What that's what horrible. Andy? One one bad apple ruins it all. That's you know now you need more paperwork. Oh that's yeah, tons <laughs> of paperwork. Yeah, that's uh, government. Well, we're, that's but government. we're looking forward to getting that funding back because it's it's rather hard to uh, get all of all of these residents to pay their rent because then they can't you know save money. Yeah. So now they all have job. They have to have a job, right? Yes. How do they? Okay. I, I guess let's let's go through the process of how this all begins. Um, somebody gets into tr- trouble. They go into a a drug court or a court. They go in front of a judge. Yes. Right. Okay. And then the judge. Well, there's there's many other ways that oh, you know they okay. can they can enter into the house. It's basically oh. somebody says, you know what, I, Greg, I would like to get help. I would no longer <laughs> like to use drugs and alcohol, and I need some help doing that. And okay. so we have an application process that oh. they fill out an application, and you know I will say we get a lot of referrals from jail and okay. uh, and some. Of our residents, they uh, they have to go through a problem-solving court um, or those kinds of things. And so they go through the process, they apply, and then they meet with our director when we have a spot open. And then they do an entire intake, which, you know, our director, Mike, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe one of the, the best people I've met um, that just takes such great care of the whole house. Because it's, it's a very challenging task to deal with. 13 men that are rather, you know, have some issues. Yeah. Problematic. Um, okay. So somebody either can get an out. All right. So a judge might have somebody get involved in there or someone off the street can get involved in there. Okay. So somebody applies and then now they, they come in, do they have to have a job before they get accepted? Do they, cause if they don't have a job already, do you then help them get a job? We, we will help them okay. get a job, yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot are employed at, at Goodwill or McDonald's or some type oh. of trade. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll help them. And then how many hours? Question. Go no, ahead. Sorry, Greg. No, go ahead. I apologize. Um, so my question is, is once a person applies to um, be in your facility, how long does it take for that approval process? And the reason I'm asking that is because I know some addicts, you know, they'll want to quit today. And uh, if it's a week later, sometimes they're back on drugs and don't want to quit. So that's, that's kind of my question. Is I mean, how quickly do they get in? That, that question is in reference to beds available, which I'll tell you right okay. now, we have a, a waiting list for beds. Uh, okay. How, how many, how, how big is your waiting a list? stack. We'll just call it a stack. A stack? Yes. You'll so, hear the same thing for respite house too. A stack. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see Mitch Peters later today. So <laughs> yeah. stack. Um, so what do these people do while they're in that stack? I don't really know. Oh, okay. Greg, I haven't talked to him, but. Okay. I just didn't know if there was some other organization some, that some, helps. I mean, some are incarcerated, so mm-hmm. they just stay in jail until we have a bed available. Um, you know, some are just still on the streets, whether it's with a family member or. Mm-hmm where they were while they're waiting for a bed to open up in the house. Wow. And and, and this is just for, for males. So you, you'd mentioned the um, Alice's place. Mm-hmm. Is that the only 
Is that the only female half I believe it is the only female one. And Marine House, since it's been around since the 70s, used to take females as well. Oh, no kidding. But we found out that typically one addiction was treated for another. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I got this blank look on my face gone. Uh, oh, you mean getting together. Like, like <laughs> you, you guys are all going to laugh. It's like... Men are blue, women are red. There's one? no purpling, right? Yeah. Please. Yeah, you don't no. want a purple. No. Okay. Yeah. Even though it's my favorite color, but that's okay. Uh, no, but I mean, it's it's counterproductive to true rehabilitation. Are there any halfway houses that are co-ed or, you know? Uh, and not in our town because we only have the four. Yeah. Okay. Four. So we have, oh, that's right. Two respites. You guys, the Marine House, and then Alice's place, mm -hmm. right? Okay, that's interesting. And do you guys from Marine House do you cover the whole county? Do you cover the Tri County area? Um, do you yeah, help we, people from? We do get people from Lake and Laporte. Okay, but um, okay. we mainly filter from Porter County. So, so that, I mean, if there's if someone's listening to our show now, I'm from up north, Chesterton, Burns Harbor area. If they're having trouble, they can contact you guys and hopefully get on your wait list, or at least apply Absolutely. to get on your wait. Absolutely. Okay, that's great. And what's your first step? So, when someone's intake to your facility, what do they deal with when they first get there? Is it kind of meeting the doctors? Is it kind of going through withdrawals? What about people that are within serious withdrawals? How are you guys well, handle we have, that? We have detox facilities that we can, you know, give them resources to. Okay, so you send them out. A, we're not a detox facility. And I, actually, I don't believe Porter County has a detox facility. Oh, wow. We usually send them I didn't to know Lake, that. Lake County. So, not even Porter Stark, huh? See, I don't know. We never we never talked about it before. It's a good question. That, that is interesting. Hmm. Andy, if we don't have one, I think you can head that up from the council. I think it's something we should look into. I didn't realize. I mean, this is the first time I had ever heard we didn't have one. I mean, that hasn't been something that's touched my life personally, but uh, I know it's touched a lot of lives around me, and it's a very important thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, the more we can do to help the members in the community, you know, the better off we all are, whether it be, uh, you know, with the, with the halfway houses, with, you know, the, the addiction uh, concerns, uh, stop the bleed, CPR stuff, um, getting people trained on AEDs. So if there's an emergency somewhere, people are comfortable with stepping in, all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Regional is who we usually send them to. That's in Maryville. Oh, okay. Lake County. Yeah. So then, they, then they'll go, they'll detox there, and then they'll come back to your facility, and then you'll start intaking them? Correct. Okay. And then how does that process work? What is it like if someone comes to your facility, what is their first day like? Are they bored? Are they watching TV? Are they meeting with doctors <laughs> the whole time? Video what kind of, what kind of facility? I really yeah, don't think, I, think we're full of doctors. I mean, there's not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Andy has never been there. I, I've been in yeah, part of the building. Yeah, come over. Yeah. Well, well, not as a patient. <laughs> I don't want to come as a patient. <laughs> no, you can you can certainly come visit. But no, uh, you uh, you know you meet with our director. You're asked a series of questions. You know, shown kind of your room, and then shown the lay of the land. I mean, we have a pretty stringent schedule. You have to get up at a certain time and make it to morning prayer. If you don't make it to morning oh, prayer, cool. you get a demerit. If you don't make your bed, you get a demerit. Um, I mean, we we have expectations. We have certain meetings that you have to make it to within the house, hmm. whether they be like the ones I was um, kind of mentioning where uh, we'll go over like financial um, resources and things like that. But we just have a whole list of requirements um, that you kind of learn all of the rules on that first day and what we expect. Now, what happens if somebody doesn't follow the rules? Do you go, okay, you got to leave? Or well, that's that's the beauty of a, a demerit system. You know, you have a certain amount of demerits, and then you're kicked out of the house. So, it, but usually, you know. I mean, that's you know. You know what's coming. Oh, for sure. We're gonna give you many, many chances to to make a decision whether you want to follow these certain rules. And you know, we get criticized a lot of times by the residents that um, there are too many rules. But you know, we've just learned you kind of can't handle life the regular way. That we kind of had to make some. You know, yeah, you got to give them structure, yeah, and then that'll help them be set up for life, and they don't have to follow those rules once they're out. 
but they might want to. So I, I you, like that idea. There's a lot of security in the rules, yeah. I think. Well, especially if they have a job. You know, I was uh, I was in a department the other day uh, in our community, and the person was talking about they might have to let somebody go because they are they just don't understand that being on time means being here before the work. T- you know, eight o'clock means be here at eight o'clock, and these people are coming in at eight o five, eight ten, eight fifteen, and consistently doing that. And unfortunately, there's some consequences. You know, so. Um, I think one of the biggest benefits of the house is just that it is a house. Like, it's a home. You're learning how to live with other people. You're learning accountability. You're learning sensitivity towards yourself and to everybody else around you. Um, We require everyone to be uh, under sponsorship, someone local that um, is approved. So we help them get connected with employment and also sponsorship. So, and we recommend the 12 step process for pretty much everyone, which I actually think everyone in our community should go through the 12 step. Explain the 12 step. Because <laughs> well, Andy, Andy is really excited about this opportunity to be taking part in this 12 step process. Yeah. We'll Andy, see when the steps get hard. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. Step four. I made it to two. Resentment. <laughs> you have to go atone yourself to everyone you've ever wronged. I saw that on Seinfeld. I saw that on the episode of Seinfeld. (laughs) No, I mean, the 12 step, I mean, it, it, it does, we have to all agree that there is a higher power and that higher power can be different for any of us. Um, that's, that's one big part of it, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty stringent and I shouldn't actually speak to it because I've never been through recovery myself. Um, and I've never been through the 12 step and I probably should engage in that if I'm going to continue serving in this. It's just step four does frighten me. This idea of dealing with all of my resentments because, you know, I think all of us know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in trouble for that one. (laughs) What normal person isn't really? I mean, if you live life and, and, and you go places and you, you know, you do stuff and interact with people, it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of how much you know, to one from one person to another. Um, right. But okay, so this this twelve step process is it? Someone? Are there multiple people measuring this? Is it one person that's in charge? That's your sponsor. Of? The sponsor. Okay. Yeah. So where do you find these sponsors from? Uh, AA meetings, NA meetings. And and are those inside your facility or are those no. out? So these people have to. They live in your house. How do they get around? They have a car or they're public transportation or bicycle or walking or jogging most, or most of them kayaking. Do not. And I think, you know, going to the meetings that we've been to, we've heard that transportation is a consistent problem with anybody trying to right. achieve recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you've been incarcerated, usually you've had your license revoked as well. Or there's the financial aspect of owning a vehicle and, and right. you know, paying for insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question, uh, a few do own vehicles and they're really good at ride sharing with oh. the others. Um, walking, because that's the beauty of Moraine House is its location being central. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to walk pretty much anywhere. And right. then some do take a bus. Okay. So, but we don't, we actually, our house doesn't hear any complaints about transportation, which no is kidding. pretty nice, which, wow. which I know is an issue for Respite House and Alice's. So, but Alice, I mean, but those others are not far from you guys. So that's yeah. interesting how you guys don't maybe hear. It's just a perspective shift because you huh. you feel like you're in this in the heart of everything. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> See, these are things that we you know we never hear about. Now, uh, the people, where do they eat? They eat at the house. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, who oh cooks God. the food? Is there a chef? Do they cook themselves? <laughs> yeah, we hire a professional chef for sure. Chef yeah. Mary. Wait, I do want to come visit now. Let's go back to this visit. <laughs> they make the best hot dogs. Oh, oh my goodness, hot dogs. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, they actually, uh, every two to three months, the board has a dinner with all of the clients oh. in the home. Okay. And they prepare a meal for us, and we eat in the basement at, you know, a very long table, which is also where they house meetings um, mm-hmm. for the community. But, uh, yeah, there is there is uh, a, like, a, a menu schedule, and then each resident has, like, different tasks. 
Oh. So part of, you know, living in a home, I mean, I don't know if you guys, like, had chores as a kid, but it's essentially like that. Like, we expect, you know, these two gentlemen are going to take care of making dinner. These two are going to clean up dinner. And if you don't do those things, you get a demerit, but... And you go hungry. I have kids for that. I, yeah. I use my kids for that. Exactly. <laughs> we, we use them. But it's, you know, it's also, it's part of community. It's part of living in a house together. It's part of, of a... You know, just learning to be a part of life. And a lot of them find joy and creativity in it. We have some that go on and, you know, become line chefs. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we have, we have, I wish I could go through all the restaurants that I already know that they're lo- working at. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, where does the food come from? Like uh, donations? Uh, uh, it's part of the budget? It, it's part uh, of our budget. Okay, but do people ever, like, let's say there's somebody listening and says, you know what, I'd like to bring them a cake or oh, yeah. cookies or drop off a cake for sure they some love spaghetti it. um not often donations is okay. how we're you know supplying food but we have looked at a menu and budgeted and they have you know a certain amount of grocery dollars to spend each so week. who does the grocery shopping our director our oh director. okay yeah. you don't have the the people that live there don't go shopping uh, sometimes for they do too but okay. yeah but Mike usually takes care of pretty much everything. Our house director takes care of pretty much it everything. It sounds in like the he's house. got a pretty big task there. Yeah. Yeah, he really should be on this show right now. <laughs> well, Next week, Greg. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good follow-up. I do think so. So now, okay. So they do the shopping. Do they get to? If if they want their own little stuff, are they allowed to have that, or it's only absolutely okay? Yeah. If they can afford it, you know, yeah. I mean, we we do charge rent, so we expect them to oh, pay rent. Okay. Um, or hopefully we'll get this recovery works going mm-hmm. again, and so they'll be able to pay their rent that way, and then they'll they'll have more more money for the money. Okay. Yeah. So part of the financial literacy, do they they get their own bank account? I mean, do you set it up with a bank, and or how, how does that's that... that's determined for each client? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's kind of a little bit more detailed, I guess. But there's not like one bank in town that kind of says, hey, you know, we'll work with, with your house and all the people that are there. No. no. We just take some volunteers that say, hey, we'll come in and teach a financial class. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought maybe, hey, the credit union comes in and there's three or four people that want a credit union. Someone might go to Fifth Third or Horizon or whatever the other banks are. And No. Okay. Mm. Wow. Well, so I had a question about sponsors when we were talking about sponsors like from what i know about sponsors are those um ex-recovering addicts that are there to help them people that have been through this process or can anybody be a sponsor uh no it's it's those who have been through recovery those who've gone through the 12 step okay okay that makes sense yeah because they understand it they speak the language (laughs) the majority of people that um work at marine house I, i mean i shouldn't say work but like our, our house director, our assistants, our, almost our entire board, uh, except for me, have been through recovery and have chosen oh, wow. to, to serve. Mm. That's know, cool. To give back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what, what made you get involved? Great question. <laughs> and as I look back, I don't really know. I... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it was like, you know, somebody was like, hey, Greg, you need to have like the mirror, you need to have the best Christmas lights ever. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely I, I'll get right on that. But no, I just um, I used to work in the emergency room at Porter Hospital, and I did find a very high prevalence for those that were underserved and addicted to drugs and alcohol. And it, it kind of broke my heart. You know, I saw those that, you know, wanted more opiate prescriptions and just, you know, the the, the wreckage um, that ensued from that, you know, saving a lot of lives, giving a lot of Narcan and just realizing, like, what are we doing for this population of people? You know, what are we doing for those that um, have, are kind of on a bad path? And if they choose to get on a better one where do they go and i was i was just really curious at the time and i actually became friends with mitch peters oh yeah good old Um, mitch i met mitch and the very first time that i met him i was at one of those like big group things about what are we going to do uh about our drug problem in 
Porter County and Mitch got up and, and spoke and it was the first time I'd heard him speak publicly and he said, I'm the reason why there are locks on your doors. Oh, and I was no. like, what? I go to church with this yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mitch just like, you know, told his story, which is, is very inspiring about how he, you know, rehabilitated from drugs and alcohol towards uh, becoming a public defender right. and a lawyer and maybe one of the most uh, generous people, intelligent people that I know. He's mm. actually currently writing an album with my husband and oh. recording it. He oh, writes cool. the lyrics and my husband mm -hmm. writes the music. It's kind of entertaining. Anyways, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch got, me, got me just involved in the idea of a halfway house. And, and as I was kind of like thinking about this of like, what am I going to do? Because I was obviously interested in what are we doing in this county to, um, to help those addicted. And I'm going to these different meetings that the, the um, county is having and then just looking for an opportunity to serve. And then it was Tyler Thorgren, which I don't know if you know Tyler, mm -hmm. but he said, hey, Mary, wanna, we have a, an opening on our board. Do you want to come help out? And at the time, he was playing vintage baseball with my husband. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, Tyler, sure, I'll just, I'll show up one day. And then before I know it, he's throwing a recorder at me and I'm taking the notation and, you know, and then, and then as I do anything, I just find myself like completely involved in what does this all mean? You know, what does it mean to make a choice to improve your life and how do we help them get where they want to go? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the other day, I I had an experience. I was at the hospital. I, I work um, still at Porter mm -hmm. from time to time. And I had somebody run after me and yell my name. And, and I was like, I turned around and he was like, hey, Mary, Mary, it's Mark. And I was like, hi, Mark. And he was like, you, you brought me into the light. You saved my life. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he, and he was telling his buddy who was working with him, he said, yeah, Mary used to come and visit me at Moraine House and talk with me about my recovery. And he's like, I was in a real dark place and I'm not now. And, and he said, I was like, you know, what, what, gets you, what gets you into your good place every day? And he said, every single day I wake up and I ask myself, Mark, I I'm so excited. Mark, I can't wait for you to do the next right thing. And that really struck me because it's just kind of each day you kind of wonder what's the next right thing that I want to do. So as I'm considering why I'm still participating in Moraine House, because it does get frustrating at times, I still want to do the right thing for this house and for this now group of 13 men that we're trying to right. help. Yeah, rehabilitate. I guess it's hard not to get attached to some people's stories or trying to help them when... Yeah, and, and I'm sure over your years you've you've seen a lot of you got a lot of personal connections with some of these oh, yeah. people. Yeah, Mike, Mike, our director, mm -hmm. uh, he was in the house, mm -hmm. and uh, and I helped him. He uh, almost lost his leg wow. with a peripheral vascular disease and had to whatever have a fasciotomy. He was in ICU. I gave him a ride home from the hospital when he was discharged and helped him get to the wound clinic and. He had to stop his job. He was working as an electrician at that time and then decided to become our director. And he's just got a heart of gold and just loves the 12 step, just mm -hmm. breathes it. I mean, doesn't need to read it, can just recite it to you for, wow. you know, straight from the book. <laughs> but a perfect director to have, which wow. is really, really hard to find. So we went through a few that, you know, uh, those that we've employed as our house director have ended up choosing to go back on the street. Mm -hmm. um, wow. You know, which is... It happens. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just does. And you can't take that to heart. You have to keep looking for that wasn't, you know, the time of their full recovery. They're going to try again. Mm -hmm. Wow. The uh, Now, do you have a, a lot of recidivism? Recidivism? Oh, my God. Recidivism. There you go. Yeah. I knew you'd find it. I just want to, you know. I was yeah. going to just let you keep struggling, you know. I mean, there are certain words on occasion, you know, like everybody else. I mean, we don't we don't really like to look at those kinds of numbers, recidivism rates and all those kinds of things. You know, you can get really lost in those details. We like to look more at graduation rates, and uh, and ours are pretty high. So when so. you graduate, is there like a party, a, yeah. a celebration? Yeah, okay. we'll get you a cake, you know. Okay. And, bring a few family members. Everything was really challenging. You know, we're still on the offset of COVID. 
and We're, still feeling some of those wow. lasting effects. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize a house where you've had to change so many rules because of communal living, where you're afraid of yeah. um, uh, exposure. Um, right, because that's a lot of people that that go to various places in any given day and come out. I mean, meetings changed entirely during COVID. Wow. Finances changed entirely during COVID. I mean, a lot of times, you know, guys weren't allowed to go to work because they'd been exposed. Wow. So, anyways, I still feel a little bit of those effects because we just opened back up maybe even six months ago. Family members coming back into the house. Oh, we okay. Closed, we had closed that off. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's no, not that long ago. <laughs> no, no, it really isn't. Um, and we know that, you know, some people still, you know, I, I knew a guy uh, last week had COVID and he, he got it pretty bad. You know, it a, so it's it's still out there. And, Dang it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but anyways, we uh, um, our sponsors today. W or here's uh, in. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. And uh, we're, we're listening to us, Greg Sims, and uh, the other guy on the other line is Andy Bozek. And uh, we have Mary Svelbar. Hey, you said it correct. Holy Good cow. Job. Two for two. I may not go three for three, but uh, we'll see. And, uh, it's in baseball terms, you know, that kind of a thing. I'm batting a thousand right now. But uh, we also are sponsored by the Independent Order of Oddfellows, Checkwood Lodge Number 56 in good old Valparaiso, Indiana. And they are celebrating 175 years of helping people in Valparaiso. So we, we thank them for that. And, uh, oh, the other thing, oh, I was talking to Mary before we got on today. Uh, I don't know. We, we Well, like with any guest, we get into a, some interesting conversations. But this one was about how connections were. And um, I was in American Legion last week. And I was asked to, to go to this one table and meet some people. And I go there, and I had no idea who these people were. But uh, they wanted to do a – they found out that I was involved with the Porter County Suicide Prevention Task Force. And they want to do a an event on September 22nd. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna, to uh, organize that. And it's about uh, veterans and suicide awareness and prevention and stuff. I uh, did not know this, but uh, the 22nd is a, is a very big number only because every day in America, 22 veterans are committing suicide. So it's kind of a crazy thing. So we're going to try and uh, slow that down a bit. Um, but, yeah, just, just so it's coming. But, again, you, you're running to people in the community, and they ask you a question, and next thing you know, you're, you're helping out with an organization. So I, I understand, like, when, when, Mary, you gave your story about – how you're just sitting around and then some of the conversation and get involved. The next thing you know, you're all in and yeah, you've been in. And so how, how long have you been there? About six years. Six years. Wow. That's a, that's a long time. Yeah. So, and you're still burning strong. For sure. <laughs> We're trying to recruit more members to our board. So if anybody's interested in, in helping, let me know. What, what does that entail when you say that? What, if someone's listening, what kind of time commitment, what would they have to do? I mean, I like to go with the bare minimum and then hit them with the reality later, kind of like marriage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they did to get us on the council. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just a few hours a week. And... <laughs> no, That's an interesting analogy. Yeah, the, the minimum commitment is one one hour a month. I mean, we... That minimum wow yeah, that's that's your minimum i mean we uh our board meets on the second wednesday from 6 30 to 7 30. oh wow and and that's really what we need the executive board meets more often um and then you know it follows from there you can choose to be a part of our screening committee which is probably my favorite thing that we do which is where you know the members of the board go into moraine house and we we have a file folder and we've asked them to kind of fill out a very current assessment of their spiritual, physical, emotional needs, you know, and, and kind of we, we have a deep dive into their goals. We, we check on their sponsor and how that's going. We check on what step they're on. We check on how things are going in the house. And it's a little bit more of an intimate conversation. It really helps you to kind of get to know 
their story where they're coming from and and gives you a true opportunity to to serve if you if you will but we do that every other thursday for an hour that sounds pretty cool man i mean it really it's it's not that much you know we're of course getting ourselves into a situation in which we would love those that enjoy raising funds yeah, oh, I bet. Greg's are good at that. <laughs> we're, pretty, we're pretty good at applying for grants, but not necessarily yeah. good at receiving them. So, so man, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. You mentioned uh, God a few times in this conversation and how that's part of the recovery effort. And I fully support that. I love that idea. But there are going to be people that don't have that same belief. So if someone comes in and say they're an atheist, um, yeah, do they I need mean, to change I, their I, views? I don't, I don't believe I ever used the word God because that's not no, you said higher, safe and higher. Right, higher right, power right, to higher me power. is right. different from God. <laughs> to me, higher power means that there is something bigger, better, maybe not even better. Higher power is just there's something bigger than you. You know, uh-huh. we do find that even an atheist can adopt that kind of idea that like even just the machine that is like the world society, like, you know, your boss, whatever. It but is. what are you praying? You said they had to go to morning prayer. So I assume that's to a God or God or yeah, something. But I, I mean, that's, that's personal. You know, it's it's quiet time. Like they they get so it's quiet time however. if they don't want to pray. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, what I was wondering. There may be some a little bit more guidance than just you know quiet time, um, but we don't we don't force them at all to observe any God. Like okay. that's why I guess I never choose that word because it's it's very taboo. You say God and you think of you know now institutionalized uh, religion, and we don't yeah. we do not attach oh. ourselves to oh. any or Christian based where someone might have another <laughs> faith and. They don't refer to that higher being as a god as somebody else or something else perhaps or yeah. or but multiple. It's, it's very it's very challenging to get through recovery without believing in a higher power. Hmm. Okay. Thought well, I that makes gonna... sense. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, I, I I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you answered that very well and clarified my uh, misunderstanding of what was going on. <laughs> no, but it's important because I I think a lot of entities also have that where. They, they just, you know, you want to be a part of a community uh, uh, organization, and some of them have that where, you know, they just want you to think above and beyond. So, I, I yeah, it's really, it's a good well, way of putting to, it. You have to realize, like, ego, you know, plays such a part in in a lot of these lives that, like, it's kind of the altar of ego is believing that something is bigger than you. Right. There is a higher power. It's not all about you. And we could be in Louisville right now. We could be a speck of dust on a flower in some other uh, universe somewhere and yeah for those of you that understand the whoville well we reference. could be the grinch that's taking <laughs> the last can of who hash and leaving crumbs too small for the well mouses. well mary i hate to say that i'm not i don't hate to say this but the grinch is on the other end of this conversation Ooh. yeah yeah he's there and he's actually he's good friends with another grinch there's like a grinch family isn't there andy <laughs> what the heck is going on right now? <laughs> Are you getting roasted over there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. When he does his Christmas lights, the Grinch comes <laughs> yes. by. You know, yeah, and it's he visits. <laughs> it was fun. You know what's actually funny? We were talking about baseball, and uh, for Mother's Day week, we get to choose um, a song us moms do for their walk up. And I just decided. Oh, that's awesome! My my son is incredibly afraid of the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what better way to embarrass him other than he's going to walk up to you're a mean one. <laughs> <laughs> and if he happens to strike out, it's going to be your fault. You know uh, that, right? <laughs> dude, you, I mean, baseball players you strike out more than half the time anyway. Yeah, that's, that's normal. If you are not well, striking hey. out, you're not playing. Yeah. Mary, you're a great mother. I can tell that right now. I love anyone that will embarrass their kids. That's how I roll, too. <laughs> yeah. He's going to look up at me like, really, Mom? The Grinch? <laughs> no, we used to keep even a stuffed Grinch on his bed. And oh, I no kidding. For just the holiday. I didn't know he was so scared of it that he would, like, inch away from the Grinch at night, but never say anything. He's like three years old and traumatized. <laughs> 
Well, maybe that's why you uh, you do so well with these uh, these twelve steps and other things because you you know you kind of with your son and torturing no, him a little uh, bit. No, <laughs> I think I just understand that. Uh, I mean, we could all fall so wayward, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any one of us. It's just you know, I I was fortunate. I had a a fabulous upbringing. You know, I had. I just, I've always had every uh, blessing mm-hmm. around me, but so well, what, many of these guys haven't. And you see addiction throughout everyone's life. I mean, whether it's addicted to bad things or good things, people are addicted. Some people are addicted to running, and it hurts them, you know? And it's, it's, it's good to have someone like you in a group, an organization like you, where these people can vent that out, talk their feelings through, maybe find something good to be addicted to rather than negative, you know? Oh, yeah, and a lot of them replace it for some other addiction. I mean, that's why we I made a joke about how we can't have women in the house. That's the... <laughs> I was thinking that would be a great replacement. It's <laughs> They're evil. But no, uh, like, I think Greg also mentioned he's a little scared of me because, like, I'm addicted to lifting weights, too, you know? So, I mean, it's uh, definitely, like, physical, like, labor. Like, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people do trade it for, like, athletic is a is a very healthy addiction right Mm -hmm. yeah i think even mitch was pretty uh swolled up when i first met him he's lost some of that now but his shoulder ouch ouch (laughs) (laughs) andy that's actually accurate he uh He's got some shoulder issues, so he can't lift weights anymore. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I thought you were just getting a good dig in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> nah, Mitch is my buddy. I can't help it. He no, was, yeah. Mitch is a great guy. Yeah, He's but he was—he was always our pitcher for that vintage baseball team, and he can't even really do that much yeah. anymore. It hurts his shoulder too much. But. So, when you, is this like the one that's out at um, the park in Lake County? Oh, I guess the Deep River Park—they play out there. Yeah, that's the that group. The grinders, yeah. So we went and seen them a few times. So there's a Valpo team too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. The colonels. You gotta go check them out. The, the colonels. Yeah, the colonels. And my husband did go through all the ma- microfiche, microfiche in all of the county libraries to find the actual name and color for oh. the lookouts. Oh wow! It was the colonels, and it's now the Valparaiso Lookouts. Why did they change the name? Because that's the accurate name, is the Lookouts. Oh, they started out as the Lookouts. The I got you. They started out as the Colonels, and they are oh. actually the Lookouts. So, In time? Back in time they started? Back in time, because this is 1858 okay. baseball, vintage. So in 1858, Valparaiso had a baseball team called the Colonels? The Lookouts. Okay. I, I mean, Greg, don't you remember confused. this from when you were younger? Yeah, I must have, I don't know, I must have been... No, that uh, was an sleeping. actual dig. That was not me saying, like, you know, make sure or not. That was an old man joke to you, Greg. You know, I'll tell you, the last couple of weeks when Andy's been unavailable, you know, it's kind of a, it's a different show. Yeah. Yeah, you've been smooth sailing. You had no one to pick on you, so... All right. So in 1858, the Valparaiso baseball professional... Lookouts. Called the lookouts. I don't why know were they, they called would the call lookouts? Professional. I mean, well, what, they, is they, it they, like why we have the beacons? Like we have the. Well, the beacons aren't. It's a college. This wasn't a college team. This was just a bunch of locals getting together playing baseball against other locals playing ba- or other people playing baseball, right? I don't know. But well, why? Why the lookouts? Do you, any ideas why they call themselves that? No. I don't really know. No. So when did they call themselves the Colonels? Was it? I don't, I mean, I think there was a reinvigoration of, of vintage baseball, and that's like the, you know, the grinders had their team. Oh, okay. And so. So where does, where does Valpo play at? Where can we go watch a game or see the um, schedule? Emmanuel Lutheran is where they're playing now. They used to play okay. at Sunset Hill, but then they put a big silo in the middle of the field. Oh, uh, I wasn't part of that. I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> that was my favorite. Watching them play at Sunset Hill was fantastic because they, they play the ball wherever it goes. So if it goes in the barn, they've got to go get it under the tractor. But there's a spot. Oh, cool. But, but there's a spot, uh, a, a field at Sunset Hill. Can't they just play it at the other part of the park? I'm, you know, I, I don't get to answer those kinds of questions. That's... Well, we can look into that. Okay. You're, you're really well connected, Greg. You could find them a better spot because, you know. Uh, is the spot in Emanuel not, not conducive? Well, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just, it, it was a little cooler at Sunset Hill. They used to be connected to um, the museum. 
for a little while, but I don't know Kevin why. Pazer. I, yeah, Kevin. I bet you know Kevin. I probably do. I think he might have played on the team yeah. for a little bit. And and one thing, Andy, that uh, that Mary and I were talking about before the show was how we know so many people in common. With it's like that one person disconnected from knowing just about everybody or two people. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. And, and here's just yet another example of it with uh, this baseball team. I mean, here we we brought Mary on to talk about the Moraine House and what wonderful <laughs> things they're doing for the community. And and then here we spin off a little bit, which is still good because, again, there might be some people in the community that are interested in this old-time baseball. And are there spots where people can – are there openings that, oh, that people sure. want to play? Yeah, we always need people that are wanting okay. to play. And it doesn't matter how old they are? like No. So even Andy, you don't even need a mix. Hey, you don't even need a baseball mix, Greg. Andy knows. Yeah, you don't <laughs> it's know awesome. That. Yeah. Wow. No, it is the coolest thing ever. I was sitting out there in uh, at the park in Lake County. And I was drinking a beer, watching them. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know if I was yeah, supposed we, to be doing we, that. So we, should, yeah, we did some some sarsaparillas. You know, sarsaparilla. I, I'll dress in, in time period dress. You dress in a time period too? Yeah, for sure. I, are all the other uh, fans dressed up we in a time period? We call them cranks. Cranks, it, male and females are called cranks. Yes, there's a whole another terminology to vintage baseball. That sounds like a whole another show. So when somebody is cranky, they're actually <laughs> watching baseball. Uh, <laughs> no, we're just yelling at the arbiter, which is like an umpire. Yes. So who crank- also who also gives out fines. <laughs> Like the players, like uh, no tobacco on the field, 25 cent fine. And what if they don't have the money? They get ejected? No, pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this sounds, when is, is there a game coming up soon? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't, actually, they have a meeting this next, actually, Sunday. The Lookouts have a meeting, um, and then they'll be posting their schedule. But you can look them up on Facebook, Valparaiso Lookouts. Hmm. And they post their games, but they're they're pretty entertaining to go to. I mean, it's, I don't know. And then, like, uh, high-scoring games, for sure, without a mitt. And you can catch the ball off of a bounce to get it out. I mean, the whole, all of the rules are different. So this is, so is this really how baseball started then with, like, Abner Doubleday? Was this, like, the original version, and then over time it just... Kind yeah, of morphed. I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't know that this is the first iteration of baseball, but it might be, you know, second, third generation. Oh. And then they add in a, a glove and just keep adding to it. Wow. But you guys are no gloves. Uh, uh, there's a bat of some sort, I imagine. Yeah, wood bat. What kind of a ball is it? Or how big a is two, this ball? A two-seam ball. It's just like a slightly bigger than a traditional baseball. Okay. Is it hard, soft? It's pretty hard. Wow. A little bit softer than traditional baseball, but... And then pitching-wise, is it underhand, underhand, overhand? Yeah. Underhand? Yeah. That's probably why Mitch threw out his shoulder, just from... Underhand? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mitch Peters, if you're listening, uh, that was a... Huh. <laughs> that was a dig. I'm going with that, that was a that dig. Was Mary. <laughs> Mary Svelbar, not, not Greg or Andy. Three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But uh, no, that's cool stuff. Um, and again, and I know Andy and I, it, well, if it's not him, it's going to be me that we always talk about what an awesome community we live in. And I, I think it's the best county in the state. And um, examples like what we just talked about are, are reason. You know, here we've got some vintage baseball. We've got some cool opportunities. We've got, a, you know, a housing opportunities for people that uh, have some addiction issues and you know, getting them some help and and people involved want to volunteer their time. And if there's anyone out there that wants to help in this recovery stuff for an hour a, a month minimum, and if not more, mm-hmm. that they're welcome, very welcomed. And uh, all they have to do is I'm, what, go see Mike at the Moraine House if they want yeah. to volunteer. Uh, and and, and the Mike will set them up. Posted on the web, so okay. call up Moraine House and talk to Mike. Okay, that's good. And uh, yeah. But we've, well, we've got, 
six minutes. So we got six minutes. So let's ask Mary, is there anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't bring up or anything you want to tell us about Moraine house or your personal life, anything going on that, uh, so a shout out to your son and good luck in the game tonight or something. For sure. Good luck to my son. I always, I just love cheering for him. It's just so much fun to watch your kid play baseball. Are you that mom in the stands that's that, Oh, that's my mom. (laughs) <laughs> well, anymore, uh, I actually sit in the outfield. Oh. Because um, he's in the center field. Yeah, he's So you can harass field. him. Yeah, for sure. Son, what were you thinking when you swung at that 3-0 and pitch? Uh, it's fun. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's definitely fun having it. He just turned 18 this past week and can't Oh, happy birthday. To, to leave the nest but miles certainly has appreciated the the work that i do with marine house and and always asks me about it and i think it's left an impression on him too is he uh he's going to go to college i imagine mm-hmm. is he going to study anything that has to do with like helping people or what's interesting is that has kind of changed and he is now just more aware that he wants to find some way to give back to his community oh. as well and you know, I think I think that's a culture you kind of instill in your own kids. Like our daughter, um, she's at Purdue, but she's president of UNICEF. Oh, there at Purdue. wow. She's actually starting an internship this summer working on RUTF foods. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but ready to use therapeutic food on a recipe for a peanut butter factory called Be Nutty. Um, well, I know, be not, I know where be nutty is at. <laughs> there you go. It's in Portage for sure. But she's gonna mm-hmm. work on um, uh, making peanut butter for you know the government to be able to deliver to um, malnourished children all over the world. So this is a program where they make peanut butter. They package it. Yeah, they make delicious peanut butter, like delicious peanut butter, like with with delicious things in it, like pretzels, white chocolate, like toffee. My favorite is blueberry. Blueberry blue- peanut butter. It is to die for. I mean, I eat the whole thing with a spoon. Like I open a jar and I'm, it's just. It's <laughs> done. <laughs> Did she bring samples? Do I need to stop into the studio real quick? <laughs> had I known that, I would have had her brought samples in. I, I did not know this. I can send you guys a sample pack for sure. So can the, the general public, can they go to this facility and buy peanut butter? Um, no, but you can buy it on Amazon or their website. Um, it's stocked in some grocery stores. I think um, Strax has it. So now that's even interesting. God, that could be a whole show in itself. Um, oh yeah, we could do a peanut butter show. You want to do a peanut butter? Show? Yeah. I, so how did this whole program start? Like it started as a fundraiser to pay for kids' soccer club. Okay. To pay for you know like kids playing travel soccer and you know you need a fundraiser. Like what did I just do for the Valpo High School? We just sold mulch. Right. Um, or, you know, wrapping paper, whatever candy, but it started as just like a, a couple of moms, um, mm-hmm. Joy Tompkins and Carol, uh, decided to just make peanut butter and make delicious peanut butter and then sell it. And then it's just kind of morphed into now a pretty large factory and a, and a, a lot of work. And now they're, you know, they're, they're exporting peanut butter, they're co-packing peanut butter, and then they're wow. now going to be working on this project that my daughter is going to do an internship for trying to find the best recipe to make a ready-to-use therapeutic food for, I don't know, undernourished children. Wow. Do they ever, do they package this for the, the, the soldiers, uh, part of their MREs? Uh, I don't think so yet, but, you know, that might be down the, down yeah. the line, too. So. so I know I spent some time at uh, one of the boot camps, and they were making what they call ranger pudding, which is like powdered... Well, this one particular example was like some powdered chocolate mixed with peanut butter, and it just makes a chocolate peanut butter, and they called it Ranger Pudding. Yeah. And it was really, actually, it was very tasty. Yeah. Uh, creative. I just watched, I don't, have you ever watched uh, The Food That Built America, that show? All the time, all the time. <laughs> it's so good, Andy, isn't it? I love it. I, just, I, I love just it. watched the peanut butter one about how, like, difficult it was to cu- make up. Yeah, so interesting. Can you, and we can't even imagine lives without peanut butter. <laughs> no. No, I couldn't imagine the life without any of that stuff on that show. (laughs) I know. Or like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. They just learned to like, it was a disgruntled employee from Hershey's. uh, Hershey's that, you know, was making the, he was in charge of the cows and he got fired, but he had like 10 kids and needed to like feed them and came up with a recipe for, oh, if we just burn some peanut butter and put chocolate on it. 
We got the Reese cup. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was always two people walking down the street blindly, uh, one eating <laughs> chocolate, one eating peanut butter, and they bumped into <laughs> each other, and it kind of, yeah. happy, happy mistake. Yeah. No, I, I would say, <laughs> That's how I grew up knowing about it, you know. But uh, but anyways, we've got uh, less than a minute left, so uh, Mary, if you want to say hello to somebody or whatever, and but we appreciate you being here. Well, hi, honey. Hi, Scott. <laughs> I'm always thinking about you mentioned your vintage baseball team and uh <laughs> my husband also works with respite house so oh okay. oh that's okay. awesome wow yeah so we're, well thank you for joining us today and i yes. hope your son has yeah. some good luck tonight thank you so much Andy. it was nice talking to you yeah, yeah we i'm at my son's game now so i'll let you go <laughs> all right and this has been wvlp 103.1 fm porter county buzz but uh we appreciate uh the listeners out there and uh we look forward to talking to you next week or talking at you Take care. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Greg. You're welcome. Uh, good night. Good night.